Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, a ministry of Faith Covenant Church. We are so excited to have you today as we talk about all things related to the Kingdom of God. Hello and welcome to Kingdom Conversations. We love that God allows us to sit around this table each and every week and talk about the things pertaining to the Kingdom of God. Right now, we are currently reading in the book of Genesis, and we are learning all about Joseph and his story, and we're still kind of in those younger years where we get to experience what might seem um, to be situations that are unfair or unjust, and we are going to watch God and his hand of mercy and purpose in this, and so we're trying to Ask the Lord to reveal to us how do we live in this world when hard things come our way and people like Joseph, how do they speak into our lives today to give us hope where it feels so hard? So with that said, I want to introduce, I'm going to go around the table and introduce each person here. And um, I want to specifically focus on our couple that is joining us today. They have a testimony of... Um, something they are walking through and how God is meeting them so faithfully in the midst of that. With that said, I'm going to start with my co-host here and ask um, him to introduce himself and then we'll just kind of go around. Will you tell us your name and um, just a little bit about yourself, your family, and then I'm going to allow, um, just have you start with your testimony. Yeah, so my name's James. I'm the small groups pastor here at Faith Covenant Church and I enjoyed these discussions just talking about how God works in different ways in our life, and today I'm really excited about the conversation today to hear um, a couple that's going through a, a difficult time and to hear God's faithfulness even in, the, even in the midst of that. Okay, hello. My name is Martha Thurman. I grew up in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, my husband, Ed, grew up in Washington State. I was married to an Army officer, and we traveled and left Florida for a while and then returned. Uh, I met Ed in 1988 at Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, we didn't speak again until 23 years later when we both were divorced. We considered a God incident that we actually came together and married in 2010. I am a retired teacher, and we each have two children and 13 grandchildren between wow. us. That's amazing, 13 grandchildren. That's quite a bit. Uh, my name is Ed Thurman, and uh, by way of background, you know, I was for 25 years in the Army as a colonel in the infantry, and subsequently I was a CEO of an, a pretty large engineering company. Um, and I think it's important in our perspective because in both those positions you're in charge and you're expected to personally fix uh, everything that comes up. And there's an old saying there that says, hope is not a method and failure is not an option. And you carry that forward sometimes, and you forget the part that says it's okay to turn it over to God, that you don't have to fix every little thing. In fact, you can't fix every little thing. Um, another point, I think, is that before marrying uh, Martha, I was in a relationship and engaged to a lady who um, contracted cancer, and uh, nine months later, uh, she passed of that cancer. And that left me in a little bit of a quandary as to who's really in charge here, because I tried awfully hard to um, fix that problem that couldn't be fixed in the absence of God. 
Um, fortunately, uh, my way of thinking changed uh, when Martha and I reunited, and she helped me get back on track and back turn back towards God. Um, and subsequently, you know, we married. And one of the lessons there, real quick, was um, I realized that I was living in man's world. It was about power. It was about getting a lot of money. It was about prestige. But in reality, um, it wasn't about uh, man's world at all. It's about God's world and what can you do to help things. Martha and I married in 2010, as she said, and God clearly had his hand in this. I was in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, Martha was in uh, Florida. We hadn't spoken in 23 years. Uh, and through a series of very unique circumstances, we managed to reconnect and um, it's just been a phenomenal marriage, kind of a three-way marriage, really, Martha and God, uh, ever since. I'm just imagining as a colonel that going from the mindset of fixing and man's world to really trusting God, walking by faith and not by sight, that has to be harder for somebody who was in a position that it was your job to take care of everybody else. Yeah, it's harder than you think, though. Mm -hmm. Well, we're, we were with the Methodist Church for several years and, uh, you know, came to uh, Faith Covenant uh, because of its focus on Scripture. It's not about church politics and those other kinds of things. But while we were there, Martha was actually in charge of uh, Stephen Ministry, mm -hmm. which is yeah. helping other people, and I was a Stephen minister as well. And m the most difficult thing there was not to take the person that you're working with and give them the answer but get them to derive the answer yes. in connection with God. It's a faith-based uh, counseling kind of thing. Very difficult. Um, and totally different than what we're often told. It's kind of like what we do in Salt and Light. Our job is we don't ever counsel anybody with our opinions. We get them back to the one who gives counsel, God's word. Well, ex exactly. And Martha, yeah. maybe you add to that as well, the we folks just, of Stephen Ministry. We, all, we, the, we know that Stephen Ministry, it is God healing and yeah. not us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So with that said, Martha, would you share with us your testimony? What is going on right now in your life? Oh, right now, um, I am actually going through chemotherapy. Uh, do you want me to start from the beginning? Okay. From the beginning, um, it was back in um, May, a year ago, May, that, um, and I was very healthy. You know, I always had my checkups. Uh, we, 2021. Uh, 2021, yeah. And we had... Um, I started having a little bit of you know, digestive problems, but it ended up one night I was in terrible pain. We ended up going to the emergency room because it's Saturday night, and and uh, they thought it was a gallbladder type thing. And so, but they admitted me because they just said there were abnormalities in the CT scan. So um, still didn't quite pick up on things. And um, I was in the hospital for a couple of days, and they kept doing all these tests and. I, I really didn't quite understand because everything was coming back good, that, but they were concerned. And finally, uh, one day, one of the young doctors or intern came to me and she looked at me because we'd had a group before with the doctors and she said, you realize that you are a very sick person. And I guess it hadn't hit me till then. She goes, you have cancer and it's, you know, it's very pervasive in your abdominal cavity. And, um, but, and that was the first time it kind of really hit. And it, and it 
that night, I remember getting out of bed and there was a shade. I was by a window and there was a shade. I'd never noticed it in the evening night. And I did a double take when I looked at the shade and I peeked behind the shade and there was this huge lit up cross oh. at St. Anthony's. And, and I had never noticed it before, but I thought, God's telling me it's going to be okay. You know, he's got this, you know. So it was um, when was that? 2021. 2021, yes. And so um, there was still a lot. They were baffled because they couldn't figure out what kind of cancer it was. Um, and they, they at first they say ovarian, and then they said colon cancer. But I'd had a... A colonoscopy eight months earlier which was which was fine so they were very baffled and so I checked out so that I could get a PET scan done which was what they recommended and the PET scan did not reveal um, where the cancer originated so still they said they hadn't seen that before you know except for one other person so they sent me to Tampa to have surgery a laparoscopy and that um, at that time it revealed um, that there there was cancer um, and when we decided to go to Moffitt, met with the surgeons, they told us that they, they were going to start with intensive chemotherapy for six months, and, and they would evaluate whether to do surgery or not. But they did say at that time that, these, that it originated in the appendix, which and then spread rapidly, metastasized, and they said six in a million cancer patients have this kind of cancer. So it's extremely rare, extremely rare. So uh, we did the six months of chemotherapy. Uh, the they did the laparoscopy at the end of uh, December, and um, unfortunately, I mean, it said that the couldn't do surgery because my cancer index was too high. In fact. The surgeons referred to it as it would be like picking up sand on a beach. There was just too much, and so you know we had we had prayed about it. Didn't know whether we wanted the surgery or didn't because they knew it was going to be very very difficult surgery, and um, so we felt like God had stepped in and said, you know what, we're not doing that surgery, and you know we're going to continue that. So we're continuous chemotherapy, which was the plan. And we've been doing that for now, almost six months now, I guess. And uh, they have told me that this chemotherapy will stop working eventually. They don't know when exactly, but um, he's the oncologist indicated, he said, you have months, not years ahead of you. So um, we just keep praying and, and are putting our faith in God. And when his time, my time comes, he'll, he'll know, you know, so. Yeah, I'd like to interject uh, just a couple things. Sometimes we don't realize that God's there even when we don't ask him to be there. And in that story that Martha just related, there are three or four times that were absolutely uh, miracles. One was um, her initial illness came down on a Saturday about you know, midday, and she's never hard-headed, but I tried hard to get her to go you know, to the emergency care down on 4th Street. Had we, uh, and she re resisted that. Had we gone down there, it would have been two aspirins and go home. Um, your gallbladder is acting up. Um, but um, we hesitated until uh, they were closed. It was after 5 o'clock. And so we had to go to St. Anthony's. Well, at St. Anthony's, the depth of um, looking into what was going on was much greater. And as a result, they were able to figure out something she needed to be put in the hospital and do a routine set of tests. The second thing was we were dealing with an oncologist and they were sure that it was ovarian cancer with 
uh, cancer spread into the omentum, um, this little layer that is in your abdomen. Um, and we had heard of the name of a uh, another oncologist and asked him to just come by and um, stick his head in. He did that, and she was scheduled for surgery on something that wasn't the root cause of this. Wow. And he said, hold it, hold it, hold it. Let's stop here. Let's go. Wow. We don't know what it is. Let's go get a PET scan. Let's see if we can find out something um, a little bit more before we start going on that. Had she gone under the knife, that would have stopped chemotherapy until she had fully recovered. Oh, and so they could, wow. wouldn't have been able to go there. He also, as God works, um, had done some study under probably one of the most um, capable physicians, surgeons in this whole area, Tampa Bay region. Um, and he scheduled us to go over and have a laparoscopy and have it looked at. He's one of the very few people that would recognize kind of what this is. And so there was a third point where we got over there quick. And it turned out that they don't have the facilities there, Moffitt does. And one of our neighbors happens to sit on the board over at Moffitt and um, said, you know, if you ever want to go to Moffitt, let us know. And she did that of her own volition. And so the next thing we know, we're in Moffitt. And uh, one final one was while we're in Moffitt, the surgeon comes in, brings another understudy surgeon with him and listens to it. And he turns to the other surgeon and says, uh, this is very strange. What do you think? And they kind of scratched their heads a little bit. And both of them at the same time came to the conclusion that it was, you know, from the appendix. Nobody in St. Petersburg would have recognized that. Wow. They probably wouldn't have recognized it at Tampa General, but God put us in the presence yes. of two of the only people probably in the whole region yeah. that could recognize what it was and what needed to be done next. So my message is, you know, sometimes, you know, we can't see God necessarily because we're looking forward and he's standing right over our shoulder. Yeah. And in our case, that would definitely, the, wouldn't yeah. you say, Martha? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. As you're, um, as you're sharing that story, I thought of something you were talking about before we started recording. Can you just share quickly another God story is what, are, what kind of activity level does Martha have going on right now? Well, I, she should probably tell you about it, but she's pretty humble, <laughs> so she probably won't. Um, as you heard earlier, they said uh, she probably has months uh, to live, not years. Um, but she plays pickleball nine hours a week. We do one or two 12-mile road uh, bike rides uh, during the week, and she's on her own walk of three or four miles every single day. She's yet to wow. encounter anybody who's, uh, who sees her. You would not know that she has cancer of the um, severity that, that it is. And um, we can talk a little later about outlook, but a lot of it has to do with outlook and faith. And faith, walking through that. Um, so we are we're recording this at the time of the book of Genesis um, as we're learning about Joseph, but we also are in the book of Habakkuk, and it's talking about our memory verses, though the uh, tree does not bud, the fig tree does not bud, that there are no cattle in the stalls, no sheep, and then it says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord my God. What does that look like for you? How do you rejoice in the midst of this? Um, cancer diagnosis. You know, we, I feel so blessed. I mean, and that's hard to say, but I feel blessed in that the chemotherapy really, as difficult as it is, 
was not, you know, I, my hair thinned, it did not fall out totally, and those kinds of things. And overall health was very good. We continue to do all my activities, and which is a blessing. And, you know, it's there's a certain freedom when we finally, you know, when you accept the and realize that, you know what, your time is limited. And that's, that's kind of hard to accept at first. But there's also a joy, you know, you just embrace every day. And, and those moments, you find joy in the little moments of life, you know, yes. that, you know, uh, just spending time being, you know, with, with, with Ed or the grandchildren. Um, and, you know, I'm at peace with death. You know, that's, that's the great thing. You just kind of, you're at peace with it. And it, uh, and I f- have freedom from, from fear. And I know that God is going to heal me. It may not be on earth. It'll be in heaven, but you know, the healing will come. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the truth is I, you know, that I've walked through my mother with yes. lung cancer and mm-hmm. the conversations we would have is it brings around that reminder that we're all going yes. to close our eyes here mm-hmm. one day, absent from the body and be present with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I love that you said freedom mm-hmm. because you've shared that with me before. Um, I'm going to ask you if you will read for us from second Corinthians five, um, one through seven, we were talking about this right before we went to air, um, on the podcast and just talking about the picture that God gives us. And before we do that, I want to preface it with second Corinthians four eighteen that says, so we focus not on what is seen, but what is unseen for what is seen is temporary. So when I think about that, I think everything I'm doing, I love my children, my husband, my family, but all of these things, this world will pass away. But it's the unseen. And that's kind of what this verse is all about. Would you read that for us? For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. For we live by faith and not by sight. I was thinking of the testimonies that you were giving, Ed, and I'm thinking that is living by faith and not by sight, that God would bring your neighbor who is on the Moffat board and put you in the exact right place, that that doctor would peek his head in the door and stop surgery that was going to take place. We get to see God's hand in the midst of all of this. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, I'm going to um, ask Ed, if you could talk with somebody today, because in our audience, we might have somebody who's walking through cancer um, themselves or like you as a caregiver for somebody they love very much, walking them walk through that. It might be that somebody listening right now is walking through a hard marriage or divorce or something that is painful. How, How do you rejoice in this walk with Martha right now? What does that look like for you? Um, well, first of all, if there's somebody listening, I would say, don't try to hold it under yourself. You know, call the church, uh, call this church, call any church, 
and uh, seek some counseling because sometimes what happens is you get in a do loop and there are all these little signs around you that say get off here get off here get off here but you can't see them and somebody can help you see one of those get off here um, sorts of things um, and I think before I can talk about the the biggest joy you got to have a little bit on the hardest part sure. of it sure. and um, cancer for us brought in a total new reality um, I'm a couple of years older than Martha and perhaps we were convinced that um, I would pass before she would and she's lived maybe to a hundred or even more she's in phenomenal health other than for the cancer so our original expectations were gone and one of the most difficult things was go through the administ while we're still alive and enjoying things go through the administrative things associated with impending uh, potential death so, you know, we've done those things that we should all do anyway. We visited with our pastor. We've written our obituaries. We've structured celebration of life. Um, we've selected a cemetery. We visited a grave site. And the reason for that is it really lessened our burden. Um, and it certainly took it off the backs of, of our children. And it helped get our mental framework in a place where we could focus on the joy that you're really yeah, talking about. That's so good. And the first joy is bringing all of your priorities into absolute focus. It crystallizes it. I mean, you're not spinning around worried about the disease all of the time. Um, so what's really important, get rid of the styrofoam. Let's stay with those things that are, are critical. And the first of that was strengthening our faith. We were already heavily involved in Bible study fellowship and salt and light in the church and that kind of thing. But uh, we continue to strengthen our faith and, and our knowledge of scripture. Uh, that was really important. But at the same time, you can't insulate yourself in a bubble. You gotta reach out and find others who've got things that are going on in their lives and continue to do that. And this is one of the things I'm most amazed with, with Martha. Um, in her current state, she still does a visitation. She still makes calls on people who are uh, actually, in one case, uh, worse, worse off by far than we are, may not make it through the next week. Um, but making those calls and just seeing how they are fixing meals and uh, taking them uh, over to those. And uh, we're both uh, doing that, even in the midst of the disease. And you know what happens? And those are joys. And seeing the grandkids and going to every single ball game we yes. can. Yeah. Don't worry about traveling overseas. We've seen enough of that. Yeah. But, you know, what can we do with our friends and, and our family? Um, so I would say those are, are, are the joyful things. That's so helpful. That's and I, love, so. I love how you bring out that rather than becoming self-focused, yeah. that you're still others-focused, that I think so much of the joy comes from Me that because you're saying yeah. there are other people. I can still use my gifts. I can still minister to others rather than sit and throw a pity party. Why aren't people ministering more to me. I think mm -hmm. that's such a key to have that joy is to keep serving and well, it's been our, others. It's been our experience in Stephen ministry, especially if you take somebody, like I'm working with one guy who at one point was um, ostensibly suicidal. And you can reach in and try to fix things, financial things, and this, that, and the other, but you're enabling in this situation a little bit. They've got to make those decisions. But you know what the most powerful thing is on getting back on the road to recovery what? is whenever they get to a point where they can find somebody, you know, you think you haven't got a shoe, look to your right or left, somebody doesn't have a foot to put a shoe on kind of thing. Yeah. And when they start doing that, all of a sudden 
and I think it's been both of our experience, they're enablers, they're, they're helpers, they're healers, you know, yeah. they're doing what God will have us do. Um, and so it's critical, yeah. you know, that you do that. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking also, when you're walking through something this hard, it also gives you a voice. People pay attention because I think they know there's a crystal clarity to what is important to you. And so, um, Martha, if you could share one thing with the world today, the listeners that are listening to this podcast, what would you share with somebody who has either fallen away from the Lord or who doesn't know the Lord? I would tell them that, you know, our lives here on earth are just a short little blimp on the timeline, and our time in eternity is going to be this huge, long time, and you need to make the decision as soon as possible. Don't wait. You know, the decision to come to the Lord and accept Him as your Savior, then you can guarantee that time in eternity, but uh, don't wait. You know, you never know, you know, what what might come before you, but... uh, Such a sweet message. I'd like to jump in on that one because I I really feel strongly about it. There are two things I think that you got to do. And number one, you got to answer yourself question: Are you living in God's world? Are you living in man's world? Because you won't be prepared if you're still in God's and man's world. You got to uh, come forward. You got to focus on those things that Jesus has taught us to say. The second thing is you got to. Every one of us, regardless of your health, you got to embrace your mortality. And I think there's an old blues song that says. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. So we have to realize that every single person listening to this podcast will be in the situation that Martha and I are in at yes. some point in their life. Yeah. Human mortality is hovering right there at 100%. And so you've got to change your framework that when, you're, when your body dies, your spirit lives. There is no discontinuation. It's not over. In fact, you're moving to the much more... Uh, important and rewarding experience of you know of eternal life and that's part of God's design he made it that way we just have to embrace that I think of the verse that says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I just, if you are sitting in the audience tonight, if you are listening to this podcast and you have drifted away or you you feel like you know about God, but you don't know God, one of the greatest things is that you get to come just as you are. And I just want to encourage you that if you are listening and there is a stirring in your heart as you're listening to Martha and Ed share their story, if you you are just feeling like this world is there's it's not satisfying me I want you to know that you can cry out to God tonight right now right this moment and ask him to be the Lord of your life you have to turn away from man's world as Ed says and turn to the living God and he will rescue you and we are not the same when that happens we are forever changed and just like Martha said This world is so short, but eternity goes on and on and on. I'm going to encourage you to um, reach out to us. We have all of our information right here um, in the notes below in the um, podcast format, but reach out to us. We are at Faith Covenant Church. Um, I'm going to ask Pastor James, as we get ready to close out, would you close us out in prayer for people that are hurting? Um, And I want to just leave you with something that God put on my heart right before we came to air. And it's, we are, we've just read through um, 
Habakkuk. And so just like God used the Chaldeans, which were an evil, vile person, to reestablish his rightful position in Judah, God can use things like cancer and hard circumstances, divorce, death of a loved one, walking the, walking with those that we love that are hurting to do the exact same thing, to reestablish his position in our life. And so I'm praying that if you are listening and you are hungering for God, that you would allow this testimony to draw you back into the presence of God. Yeah, and I would just close with a passage from Philippians 4, um, where Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So like Mary said, if you are struggling, if there's something going on in the world with the crazy world we live in, cry out to God and the peace of God, which surpasses human understanding. How can you have such peace in the midst of such difficult times? And it's when you cry out to God that you find that peace. So again, contact the church. Um, We'd love to pray with you, meet with you, do what we can to help. Um, Reach out to a trusted Christian who can help you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives, Lord. Um, Some days the sun is shining and the flowers are beautiful, Lord, and we can feel your goodness here on earth, Lord, and other days it's dark and stormy. And it's scary, Father, and we don't know where you are. Like Ed said, Lord, sometimes we just don't see your presence, Father, but you are still working. And I'm thankful for the way that you have worked in their lives, Lord, so far in ways that they didn't see, that they didn't expect, but you were, you still had your hand on the situation, Father. So I pray for us when we go through difficult times, Lord, when like Joseph, we're in the pit or we're in jail, Lord, when things are not going the way that we wanted or that we hoped, Lord, that we would still see your hand, that we would still see your faithfulness, that we would cry out to you with prayers and supplication, Lord, with thanksgiving, and that the peace, Lord, that passes all understanding would guard our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We look forward to seeing you on our next podcast, and thank you so much for being here. You are loved, and we're glad you're here. Thank you for listening to Kingdom Conversations. We look forward to you joining us next week.